Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to to get get jumped. Welcome to episode 76 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, episodes 49 through 52, where wishes bring back zombies, coffee cups can cut off your hand, and the bottom of the ocean floor has a face that will swallow you whole. Yeah, everybody knows at the very bottom of the Marianas Trench, uh, there is a, a very large mouth that is uh, slowly swallowing all of the water in the ocean uh, so it can pee it out the other side because nature right you're saying that one side of the ocean pees and that's what makes the other side of the ocean yeah it's like mother another, it's, it's mother earth like it's the circle of life one truly of them is pee. truly it moves us all i would assume the warm one is the pee no <laughs> we have to stop let's jump in Okay. Okay. Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, so, uh, before we get started, um, a couple of things to, to talk about. Um, so, uh, I don't think, Blake, you have anything marked down here of anything you wanted to go over. Is that correct? No, no it looks like I put all of my previously on in the pre-show, so I'm going to move that. But no, <laughs> otherwise, uh, I don't have anything this week to talk about. Cool. Um, the the thing that I wanted to talk about uh, really quick before we get started, um, I had a, a pretty long conversation with some other podcasters um, about like one of the things that they're gonna they're starting to do and play around with, um, and uh, what we decided to do uh, through that. Or what I've decided to do through that. Blake hasn't been consulted. Um, no, I don't know is, any of this. Uh, is uh, I I was I was talking to them about um, having like more candid conversations uh, with people, um, especially when you're leaving reviews and leaving like nice things inside of that review section. Um, I I saw this week that there were like two new ones that I had never seen before. Both On of iTunes? them were saying yeah, they were saying like really nice things to us, and we we definitely want to give uh, like shout outs to those people that are are talking to us um so if you leave us a review from now on uh and we see that it's new i'll check before the show um and we we just kind of want to say thank you for listening and if if you're excited about this and maybe want to leave a review as well um feel free to um reach out to us we we love to talk to you guys um, I, I talk to people probably the most on Reddit because they're the most active in chatting with me. Um, but every once in a while I'll, I'll chat with a couple of people on, um, on iTunes as well, or not on iTunes, but on uh, Twitter as well. I don't know why I said iTunes. That Who knows why you sense. say anything, honestly. Oh my God, you're the worst. Um, what? anyways, um, a, like, uh, the, one of them was H-D-H-D-X-H-U-S-S-H. I know that that's a username. I can't really pronounce it. Um, but they, they were talking about, uh, how they, they were excited about the show. They liked the show, but also that we don't like JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. So they would have given us a six instead of five stars if we like JoJo's, but, uh, get over <laughs> it. JoJo's is terrible. <laughs> At least it was like, you know. I don't know. Yeah. I I also liked the episodes this week for the most part. So I know that's breaking with the norm and sort of going off brand. But JoJo's was yeah. pretty decent this week. Yeah, and then there was another one that was uh, Press Nicole L Y Nicoli, I guess. Um, that was talking about how uh, they they were looking for um, a, a couple of Naruto podcasts or Naruto reviews, um, and they kind of came and they stayed because uh, they liked listening to us, which we really love to hear. Um, yeah. And also, uh, I've seen uh, a marked increase of the amount of people that listen to just our Naruto episodes uh, versus all of our episodes. Uh, we hear you, Naruto fans, but there are other people that want to watch other stuff out here, um, and sorry we don't put out a Naruto episode every week. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm glad that we, you know, we, when we first started the show, we talked about, we wanted to do this format of watching the shows and talking about the content in them. Um, kind of the inspiration was Jay and Miles explain the X-Men, which is yeah. an excellent X-Men podcast. If you're not already listening to it, 
Um, but they read the comics and talk about what's in the comics. I would say that the comics, especially going back further and further, are a little less accessible than the anime that we're watching. But the concept was kind of the same. It's, you know, if you don't know what happens, you get to find out what happens. If you do know what happens, you get to relive what happens. And both of those are really fun experiences. I've enjoyed that podcast being somebody who has mostly not read the shows, but is kind of familiar with it through like the, the cartoon growing up and the movies and stuff like that. And I wanted to have something like that, but um, anime was kind of the thing that I was the most passionate about in the, that realm. So that's why we picked it. And, you know, we want people to be able to, you know, if you don't know anime and you want to know what the fuck's up, like that's part of the reason we do our show. Um, that's also part of the reason why we do multiple shows. Um, but also, if you want to relive your favorite things, then that's, you know, we're here for you. And while we would really love for you to listen to all of our episodes, like if you're really only interested in Naruto or something else, then, you know, that's fine too. And that's kind of part of the reason why we have the show formatted in a, you know, four shows rotation like we do. So that if you don't like every episode, you'll at least like one episode a month. And that way we can kind of cater to hopefully more people that way. And uh, we also wanted to make sure that we didn't get stuck on shows like Naruto that will go on forever. Yeah. And only have one show for like a two-year span of time when we're supposed to be covering anime in general. So Yeah. So, you know. I mean, with that being said, uh, we, we like working on this and we like talking to y'all. Uh, so if you ever have any questions that you want read on the show um, or want us to like answer them like a, you know, like a blistering question that you have waiting on the tip of your tongue that you wanted to ask us, please, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to read it at the start of the show or at the, we, we don't really do anything at the end of the show. Um, so we're happy to do that at the very start. So let us know. Um, we want to talk to you. Um, also, uh, reviews always help us chart. Uh, we mentioned inside of our, our outro, but if you've been listening for a while, you might not pay attention to that anymore. Um, but, uh, we, we definitely, uh, always need reviews. So if you want to do that, um, it's, it's certainly helpful for us. Yeah. It's um, like, if you want other people to listen to us and we want other people to listen to us, it's not that we don't appreciate you listening. We just want more people to listen also. So if you want that, the two best things you can do is recommend it to people that you know who might like the show and review it. Because then mm -hmm. strangers that you don't know who might like the show will have an easier time finding it. Yeah, but don't get in their cars, even if they offer you candy. Mm, I don't know. Candy's pretty dope. Oh my god. You you will be the cause of people... The next orange alert on my phone will be your fault. <laughs> 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 okay cool um so with that being uh said and uh talked about before we got started we do have uh, jojo's bizarre adventure up this week uh we have some previously on jojo's that you might need to know um in order to get caught up with these characters so previously on jojo's bizarre adventure stardust crusaders jojo's bizarre adventure stardust crusaders is actually part three of a multi-part anthology series where basically a single family of guys whose name can be in some way shortened to Jojo take on the protagonist role through the generations. They're all related to each other so far. So right now our main hero is the grandfather of part two's hero who was like the son or grandson of part one's hero. So we're a few generations removed, but it's important to remember that the first Ark had a villain named Dio who turned himself into an immortal vampire. At the end of it, he was decapitated and sealed away in a coffin with the first part's protagonist's bodies. And he has now taken over that body and returned to the surface world to try and kill that guy's descendants, who is our hero. Um, so Dio is back. We think that his return and fusion with Part 1's hero has unleashed a new power in the world. That power is called Stands. These are basically like um, avatars that you can summon using your your spiritual pressure or whatever that have various different abilities. And those abilities and names are loosely based on the cards from a standard deck of tarot cards. Um, so Dio is kind of the villain in waiting. He is sending a lot of stand users to assassinate Jojo and his friends because they are on their way to confront him. The reason for that is that Jojo's mother has fallen ill because she, basically she 
has the blood lineage to have a stand, but she is not herself a warrior or somebody who has trained their body to be athletic and battle ready. And because of that, the stand is killing her instead of working with her. So they need to kill Dio in order to stop it from killing her somehow. They are on their way to find Dio in Egypt, and the they I'm talking about is Jotaro, also known as Jojo. He is our titular protagonist, um, and he's a high school-aged kid who wears kind of classic punky clothes that are semi-inspired by Fist of the North Star. Um, there is his grandfather, Part Two's hero, who has returned as an older man this time. His name is Joe Star, also known as Jojo, or Jojo Sr. He uh, uses the ability from the first two parts of the series, Hamon, but he has also awakened his own stand. Um, Jotaro's stand is called Star Platinum. It's basically able to punch at super speeds. Joe Star's stand is Hermit Purple, and it is a weird future-telling thing that also has thorny vines. They have picked up two friends along the way. One is named Polnareff. He is a Frenchman with a silver hair uh, flat top. And his stand is called Silver Chariot, which is basically a thin dude in armor who has super fast swordsmanship. And the guy named Kakyoin, who is another student from a rival school of Jotaro's, who has a stand called Hierophant Green. And it has a sort of swift-moving, amorphous body that can also shoot a like machine gun bullet barrage of emerald pieces. Um, they also used to have a friend named Avdol that was a partner to the older Jojo, but Avdol was killed, or at least presumably killed, in a previous part of their journey. His stand was something called, uh, oh shit, what was his stand called? Something Crimson? Uh, what? I don't know. It's like a Magician's giant- Red. Magician's Red, thanks. It's a, a humanoid thing with a bird face that shoots fire. So, anime, I guess. And um, Avdol was uh, stabbed in the back and then shot in the head in a very fatal, but maybe not as fatal as it looked way. Uh, I already covered that they are journeying to Egypt. The last time that we saw them, they had made it through a desert and had gotten on a boat to make an unexpected detour that the older Jojo didn't tell anybody they were going to make. They are going to go see someone that he is not revealing who, and they are making their way to the island where they can find that person before then finally arriving in Egypt, which is where we pick up with episode 49. Cool. So episode 49, Judgment, part one. Um, Maybe my favorite episode of JoJo's ever. Yeah, so this episode is pretty good. Um, It is immediately followed by its second part, uh, which is going to be Judgment Part 2, and then we're going to get to our other two episodes. So I'm just going to stick these together because they run through, and they're... They're pretty yeah, well I mean, put together, actually. Um, yeah, these are good episodes. I mean, you know, if you are a longtime listener, you know that we are not crazy about JoJo's. It has a, a really over-the-top, bombastic style that we don't care for. It tries to be funny in a way that we don't find funny. Um, a lot of the things that people like about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure are things that we specifically dislike about anime in general, and therefore about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in specific. Um, there's also a writing style that we will that we don't like that comes up periodically. It's going to come up in these episodes, so we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah, but uh, these episodes are pretty good. Yeah, so this episode is going to start out with them arriving at an island. Um, they have come here for um, what we are finding out is uh, they're going to be seeing Avdol's father. Um, he uh, when he arrives when they arrive at the island, they are basically shunned almost immediately by Avdol's father, who looks like Avdol but like gray haired. Um, and when I first started watching this episode, I was just like, "That's lazy." <laughs> <laughs> I, I I almost want to agree with you, but I mean, whenever you see parents in anime, if they are, like, important characters, they are always basically just the other character, but older. Yeah, like, for real. Which is not how parents work. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, so uh, one of the things that uh, that is going to be really important inside of this episode um, is that one of the things that we deal with a lot inside of the show that is sometimes lost inside of like the bombastic style of the show is that some of the characters are feeling real grief from their past. Um, and uh, Polnareff is one of those characters. Um, he is feeling like intense grief at all times about losing his sister. He feels completely guilty guilty about it and he feels completely guilty about getting avdol killed as well um yeah basically avdol took the bullet for polnareff mm -hmm. by stepping in the way and uh so polnareff feels like it's his fault that avdol was killed and now they're on avdol's dad's island who uh jojo senior is basically like it's gonna be really hard to tell him that avdol was killed and now polnareff is feeling re responsible all over again because they're going to have to confront that reality. Yeah. Um, all of the other characters at this point uh, suddenly don't matter anymore because we're only going to be watching an entire uh, two episodes about um, Polnareff. Um, yeah, which it's kind of a normal show structure sometimes and I'm fine yeah. with it. So they all kind of uh, fuck off to go talk to Avdol's dad. Um, meanwhile, um, Polnareff is going to hang out by the beach um, I, I wanted to refer to this moment as like a Dawson's Creek moment with, uh, Polnareff, where it's okay. just like, he's, he needs to go skip some stones down by the creek so he can feel all his feelings. Yeah, um, he's gotta go have some broody beach time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, he is going to be hanging on down there. And one of the things that he notices out of the corner of his eye is a, uh, lamp that is uh, washed up on shore. Um, he picks up the lamp and rubs it, and uh, it's it's uh, pretty terrible, but not as terrible as Will Smith and Blueface. Um, as, these, uh, <laughs> these motherfuckers in this show, too. Weird things show up, and they are never suspicious. And it's just like, we literally named an episode after the fact that they are naive as fuck a couple of JoJo's episodes ago. Which is just yeah. like, you know for sure that anything out of the ordinary is a stand user coming to attack oh, yeah. you. And yet oh, you yeah. keep falling for it. I know, I know. Every single time. Um, That's great. So he, like, rubs the lamp, and outside of the lamp, uh, there comes out a genie, or what we think is probably a stand, but calls itself a genie. Um, yeah. That named, He's even uh, like, is Cameo. this a stand? And then it's, like, acting like a genie, and he's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, uh, he is going to be granted three wishes from Cameo, um, which is the name of this genie in quotation marks. Um, the, uh, Cameo kind of looks like a weird robot. Um, think like, um, the, oh God, what is the name of those, uh, the robots from the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Um, oh, the, uh, the Kimikos? Yuka. <laughs> no, I, I think it looks more like it looks like Hierophant Green if he, like, bulked up over a time and was colored white and gray instead of green. Oh, like, whatever. It's like Hierophant Green looks... got bulky and put on some armor. Yeah, he looks more like a robot to me than, I guess, than you think he does. Um, Either, whatever. He looks pretty cool, I gotta say. It definitely not at all like a genie usually is designed, but he looks cool. Yeah. Um, so he is going to, um, he's going to be granted these three wishes, um, and then he, the first one that he is going to wish for is he's going to ask for wealth. Um, and, uh, he then stumbles upon this huge yeah. pit that's full of gold and he like specifically gems and asks, stuff. He asks for wealth because he doesn't trust the genie. The yeah. genie offers him three wishes and he's like, I think that you're a stand that's come to kill me. And the genie just keeps being like, you have wishes, what do you wish for? And so he basically chooses wealth. He's like, can you make me a wealthy man? Because, I guess because he decides that that's the most, like, safe and innocuous wish. Like, it's not something that can be easily conjured out of midair. So if, you're, mm -hmm. if you can't do it, you're not really a genie. And if you can do it, it there's not really a way that it can hurt you necessarily. That was, I think maybe I'm reading between the lines a little bit, but that was the impression that I got because he kind of thinks for a little bit about what he might want and he yeah. settles on that. So I think he's kind of testing Cameo to here to see if he really is a genie or not. 
Yeah, this kind of like uh, assuages some of his fears that Cameo might just be a stand, uh, like a fucking idiot. Um, yeah, they, and these are just, the most gullible, smart people in the world. <laughs> yeah, so he is then going to, after seeing this wealth inside of this pit that he assumes is given to him by this genie, um, he is going to wish for two people to come back to life. The first of which is going to be Avdol, our character that took the bullet for him in the in the past, and his sister Sherry. Uh, Sherry is the one that he feels the most guilty about because he should have been able to stand up um, yeah. uh, before her death um, to we protect her. Heard, we haven't heard about her in a while. She yeah. used to be the thing that was motivating him, but they actually faced off against her killer a while ago. So if you don't remember or if you weren't here for that, the short version is that she was randomly murdered by a dude with a, a atypical physical feature who mm-hmm. turned out to be one of the stand users they encountered on their journey. So Polnareff used to think and talk about this all the time, and then they encountered her killer and overcame him, and now he's basically been along for the ride up until now. Yeah. So the thing that is going to happen next is that he is going to just kind of wander off into a field. Um, he's going to think, well, I guess that's yeah. not going to happen. The um, beach wasn't good enough for some brooding. So we're going to go yeah. brood in this field. Yeah. He's going to go to that field that, uh, what's his name from 300 walk through, um, or gladiator when he was walking through there, um, yeah. touching every, every possible stem of wheat that he can as he walks through the field. Yeah, it's like it's broodingly. like wheat or cattails or something like that. Yeah, um, it's so, gonna conveniently double as cover in a second. <laughs> so um, his sister is going to appear, um, obviously, uh, you know, completely nude. Um, yeah, because uh, JoJo's bizarre adventure: women can't have nice things. I know because, like, okay. So a, a quick aside: we're gonna find out that Sherry came back to life. We're also gonna find out that Avdol came back to life, or what we think happens. This is where it's weird, because Sherry yeah. is nude, and Avdol is wearing all of his clothes. Holy shit, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, the whole thing was just like, well, you were in the ground for a while, so you didn't Wait. have any more clothes anymore. And I'm like, why the fuck is she nude then? So, I didn't realize this, but now that you say that, I realize a way that it's even more fucked up than you're saying right now. Because <laughs> what we're going to find out in a little bit is Cameo is obviously going to be revealed to be a stand, and his power is to pull people's deepest wishes into reality and shape it out of clay. No! So, what we can assume <laughs> is that along with Polnareff's wish for his sister to be returned to life, it did not involve clothes, or specifically involved her being naked, whereas Avdol was the opposite, because oh that's what God. happened, and I hate Why? it now. Thank- Thanks. Thank you. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, it turns out that his sister that's brought back to life and Avdol, uh, who's going to appear in just a minute, are really just clay statues that basically double as zombies. Um, And Cameo is going to be revealed to not be a genie, but he is instead going to be a stand. Um, He is going to be the fucking worst. Uh, There's also a part where he's just like, please stop. And he's just like, I already granted your three wishes. And I was like, go fuck yourself, Cameo. Basically, the his sister's acting like nervous. She is acting as though Polnareff is is not gonna like love her anymore or whatever. And he's like, "No, I'm really glad you're back." And she's like, "Good, because I need to eat you alive." And that's when you find out that she is a zombie. And then Polnareff is like, "Cameo, my third wish is to get rid of Sherry again." And he's like, no, you already made your third wish. And that's when Avdol shows up and he is also a zombie. And so they are basically attacking Polnareff and trying to eat him. And Polnareff, at first, he's like, I forgot I could use Silver Chariot. Basically, like, I was too surprised that I kind of, my mind went blank. And then I wasn't able to focus. But once he does find his focus he summons silver chariot to fight them off but cameo is able to like basically put silver chariot in a headlock so it can't help him yeah and so it doesn't matter that he forgot about it because it's not useful anyway yeah but, and like, then polnareff is going to be just like basically eaten alive to the point where he's about to die yeah it, it's pretty gross uh this is one of the things that i dislike about zombie media in general is it, i have a hard time with the 
the gore of it all. And just in general, I don't like gore. But uh, in zombie media, it's really common. And they are playing into that, and it was uncomfortable. But Polnareff is basically going to feel like he's losing consciousness, like he's being killed. And he then sees double. Specifically, he sees two Avdols. But he's going to notice that the zombie Avdol rears back to like punch him or scratch him or something like that. And it's the hand that's held up is grabbed by another hand that is of the second Avdol. And he's like, oh my God, I'm not hallucinating. There are literally two Avdols. And it is the real life Avdol who was killed back in the Middle East, who is here perfectly alive and well and ready to do battle with these two zombies. Yeah, so it turns out uh, that uh, he is very taken aback. Paul Nerf is very taken aback by this, but so is Cameo. Um, Cameo was like, you're supposed to be dead. You died. You were murdered. Um, And he's like, no, I didn't. I got stabbed, and then I got shot in the forehead, but my head was reeling back, so it just grazed my forehead and my skull. Um, And what's interesting about this, a lot of people would be like, that just sounds like bullshit. And I'm just like, well... I'm one of them. So, so here's the thing. There's, um, there's actually a lot of cases where people get like shot in the head from a long distance away. Um, and it does ricochet off of your skull because your skull is a very strong bone. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't always go all the way in or it sometimes ricochets off. Um, so like that, that is a possibility of it happening. Uh, From my memory though, wasn't he shot fucking point blank? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I want to go in depth into this retcon, but let's finish the episode first, <laughs> and then let's break this down, and then we'll start the next two parter. Does that sound okay. good? Whatever. Um. So they continue fighting on. Uh, Avdol is going to use um his magician's red to battle against them. He is going to break apart the um the uh the dummies or whatever the uh the replicated people. Um, and yeah, he uh, basically or, burns them to death. Yeah, he gets Avdol pretty quickly, and then um, Polnareff is going to take out his sister, um, who has her legs and then her arms cut off, and then he finally stabs her uh, through the heart, and she breaks into nothingness, and he feels a yeah, little bit bad about it. Do, they try to do like I'm possessing the dead form of your loved one mental manipulation, and he mm-hmm. doesn't fall for it, which is fine. Yeah. Cool. So then, uh, then, uh, Cameo is going to fight against, uh, Magician Red, and he is going to be able to take on both Magician Red, um, and, uh, uh, Silver Chariot Chariot. at the same time without really breaking a sweat, which makes you think that, like, he's really, really powerful. Um, and then it turns out that Avdol was actually just protecting his back and not using his full power when he was originally fighting because of the clay dolls. That's where he got stabbed and his wound hasn't fully healed or something. Yeah. So he is going to use his full power and he starts to make these like funny wishes things that he's saying where he's just like, I want four wishes and these four wishes are to make you cry and make you scream for mercy and blah, blah, blah. And he starts to like actually start taking down Cameo. Cameo just kind of fucks off and disappears. Um, Then they like talk uh, um, for a minute before looking for the stand user. And they yeah. find a bamboo reed sticking up out of the ground. And the first couple of things made me laugh. And then the last thing was just, it was just crass humor. <laughs> I hate to admit this, but I thought it was funny. I okay. didn't like that they did it, but I still thought it was funny. Yeah. So uh, the first thing I that hated they myself do... the whole time. <laughs> the first thing that they do was he just takes the smallest leaf and places it over the bamboo end, and it just, like, it breathes in for a second, and then it just blows out and just knocks off the leaf immediately, and I was like, no, what did you think was going to happen? Um, and then he's just like, I'm going to pour sand and dirt and spiders and ants down there, and I was like, where did you find these two other kinds of insects just on hand? And like, Well, I mean, anyway, they are in a field. But... Uh, okay, then he he drops it down there, and, like, the person is, like, I don't know, assuming the person has dug himself into this, like, pit, his mouth is on this fucking bamboo shoot. So yeah, how does he not, like... Yeah, they're dropping things directly down this guy's throat. I would have responded so much faster than he does, but he doesn't, and he's he seems a little bit un- not completely perturbed by it, until they decide that they're just gonna pee inside of the fucking bamboo well, shoot. Well, they, they also drop a lit match down there. Oh, yeah! Which, 
is uh, the other things you could conceivably, it might be uh, unlikely, but they could conceivably have, you know, crawled into or fallen down into this read without anybody actually manipulating it or making them fall down. But one of the things is just a, an on-fire match. <laughs> also, I don't know if I don't know if you've ever dropped a match, you guys, but that shit would not have stayed lit like all the way. I don't down know. Have you ever dropped it down a bamboo shoot that someone's using for a breathing tube? Because all all the time, Blake, all the time. Oh, oh okay. I yeah, that's about what your I normal do. Weekend. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> when they they pee down it, and then the person that's on the other end like freaks out and like jumps. Yeah, out that's the, the straw that breaks the back. Not a not literal fire. Yeah. And so um, when he comes up out of the ground, uh, Polner uh, Polnareff is going to be like, "That's him. That's the person using the stand." And Avdol lights him on fire, and it does a very cartoony thing where they show him like burnt up in his hair, all like a scattered. Um, and he has like a like you know a look on his face of like grimness, but he doesn't kind of really look dead. Um, he just looks ridiculous and like he's in a Daffy Duck cartoon. Yeah, um, he's he's like completely charred all over, and his hair is singed into little cartoony strings. Yeah, I don't like it. Anyways, um, it's there. It's bizarre. Yeah, they're gonna go catch back up uh, with the main group of guys uh, who are who are going to the edge of the island. Um, and Polnareff is like, "Hey, everybody, guess who it is? It's fucking Avdol. He's back from the dead." And everybody is completely unfazed by this, which they was like, all Pol- knew. Polnareff was like, "What do you mean you all knew?" And they're like, "Yeah, we we knew like immediately. Joe, like JoJo Senior and JoJo, uh, had patched up his wounds, and they didn't tell Polnareff exclusively because." He he has a big mouth and they don't think that he could have kept a secret long enough for him to recover. So like they just have no respect yeah. for Paul Nareff. <laughs> Basically their plan was to play like he was dead so that Dio's stand users assumed that he was dead. This mm-hmm. would allow them to do two things. One, Avdol would be able to do things that would help the group without being followed by Dio's stand users. And two, he would be able to at some point show up and help them in a fight. He has done the second thing earlier in this episode, and he does he reveals that he's done the first thing uh, by showing off the fact that he bought a submarine for them, which they yes. are going to use to finish the trip to Egypt because a boat would be too convenient. Uh, I know, I know, I know, Blake. Yeah, so we're going to move into two more episodes of coverage. They are also a part one and two, so we'll run them together like we did with this one. But we got to talk about this retcon. Um, (laughs) Okay, so here's the thing. I have really mixed feelings because I always liked Avdol as a character. And I'm glad he's back. Um, Also... In the grand scheme of retcons, this is less of an ass poll. Like like Spencer was saying earlier, it it is arguably conceivable that he survived the gunshot wound to the head, and all like it it's it is conceivable and even funny and on brand that the characters might know about this, that they might use it to their advantage against Dio, and that they might not have told Polnareff. Um. But from a meta perspective, this follows with that other thing that we mentioned at the beginning of the episode that we don't like about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is ass Paul writing. There is often times when this author will establish something to be true and then subvert it later on, um, often in the same altercation. Um, this came up famously in part two with the like JoJo stringing things around so that he could ensnare one of the dudes he was fighting um he just he makes rules and then immediately breaks them and it doesn't read as the rules being a misunderstanding by the characters so much as the author not being able to find another solution and therefore needing to break his own rules immediately after establishing them or the author making those rules to create a false sense of drama that the subversion of that rule is supposed to heighten 
um, it, it's sensationalism. And it's really frustrating. And here, like I said, it's kind of better than usual. But here's the deal. When Avdol was killed, he was shot point blank. Not only that, he was not shot by a regular bullet. He was shot by a bullet that was a stand or a stand that was a bullet. The stand and its user would have been able to tell if they had glanced off of his forehead instead of going through his skull. Oh, yeah. Also, I am fairly sure, but I didn't go back to look. I'm fairly sure we see the hole through his head. I know. He is also (laughs) pronounced dead. The characters mourn for him. And Jojo Sr. specifically says that they buried him. This is directly addressed in this episode by Jojo Sr. saying, I lied. Which is funny, but also lazy writing. Then... Earlier in this episode, in part one, episode 49, our, the beginning of our coverage today, they arrive at the, uh, the island. They all talk about how Avdol is dead and how it will be difficult to tell Avdol's father that he's dead. We now know that they were all lying and they all knew that this was not true and that they would not have to tell Avdol's father that he was dead. And they apparently only said this for Polnareff's benefit which the only benefit was that it made him feel like shit and go off on his own where they didn't know where he was to sulk about how it was his fault and get himself caught in a fight that almost killed him. I know. And they also address this directly, but the only explanation is that they admit to having said that and Paul Nareff thinks that that was way too far, which I agree with. And there is no other resolution or explanation given. They just were being horrible dicks to him by lying to his face for no reason and making him feel bad in a way that they don't say they could have predicted that he would feel bad about this, but it's obvious. So they just were dicks to him for no reason. Yeah. And yeah, it's... (laughs) <laughs> Again, I, I'm mostly okay with the retcon because I like Avdol, and it's not as much of a complete reversal of what we were told was the truth as we've seen in the series previously. But yeah, there it's really problematic. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, the next two go. episodes are going to be The High Priestess Part 1 and Part 2. Um, So, I... I'm going to go pretty quickly through these episodes um, because yeah, there's not a they're time. completely predictable. And um, the other thing that is very frustrating about it um, is that there is a whole lot of air that is put into these episodes that they don't always do in Jojo. And it's a little bit frustrating that it happened inside of these. So the it was surprising the, there's yeah, so, yeah. Jojo's is usually packed full of content and these were mm-hmm. not. Yeah, so these two episodes, um, they're going to be um, in a submarine, and they are uh, pretty quickly going to be um, uh, attacked, um, but before they do, uh, we get the fucking air uh, put into the entire first part of this episode by revealing that there is coffee to be made on the ship. There are five cups for five people. Okay. There's also a cell, a satellite phone that can call and he can talk. Uh, Jojo Sr. can talk to his wife. He does. He talks to his wife, and there is a very long back and forth uh, between um, his wife, um, his butler, and uh, himself, uh, where they are talking about, like, her dress for the evening and how they have to do a little bit of subterfuge because they can't let her know that they are not in Japan anymore and on a submarine because if she finds out, then she's going to want to check in and see what's happening um, with Jojo's mother. Um, and there's uh, there's a lot of... Yeah. That, the, that happens a lot throughout these episodes. All um, you need it, to know is that she is out of the loop because if she was in the loop, she would be... She would involve herself in a way that might put her at risk and might put Holly, Jojo... Jotaro's mother at risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holly, again, being the one who is suffering from being killed by her own stand. Yeah. Holly is refusing medical help because she thinks she just has a cold. 
and they can't break it to her because then she might panic and the stand might kill her faster. So that's part of the equation. And the butler knows, and there is not really any clarity as to why the butler knows or what the butler knowing does. There's some stuff about the Speedwagon Foundation sort of being involved in behind the scenes and I guess maybe he's involved in that, but it, mostly this, the important part, like really all you need to know from an audience perspective, as far as we can tell up to this point, is that this is reminding us that Holly is dying and that's the reason all of this is happening. And then there's a lot of extra shit on top of it that doesn't end up mattering at all. Yeah. So um, the other thing that is going to be happening inside of these episodes um, is uh, they're going to be fighting against a new stand, which attacks them in a submarine because a fucking course it does. You're in a submarine, we you idiots. We um, in a deadly submarine. Yeah. So like immediately as they get inside of a submarine, they're going to be attacked. Um, they're attacked by one of the dumbest stands that I've seen yet with a power that is insanely powerful um, and yet is is completely taken aback for no reason by the end of the episode. So, the stand that they're going to be attacked by for the first time is called High Priestess, and it has the ability to change its body um, so that it can turn into basically anything it wants to. It is going to camouflage itself as a cup in JoJo Sr.'s hand and then flip out the first time to cut off JoJo Sr.'s fake hand which is kind of a little bit of a fake out because the first time you see it get it cut off, you see like blood spurt. And I was just like, wait, it's his fake hand. So like, why does blood spurt? But whatever. Um, and <laughs> then it's just bizarre adventure and it's always sensationalism first and story second. Yeah. The other thing that it does is it cuts off Jojo senior's fingers and then throws them into his fucking neck. Like, I don't know how Jojo Sr. does not die, but he should have yeah. died from that. They, like, <laughs> There's a throwaway line after this first altercation where they're like, oh, Jojo's injured, but it's not deep, so he's fine. Yeah, And it sure does not look like he's fine, but he's fine. Yeah. So there are, then, there are literally no consequences for this, except later on he laments that he needs two hands to do something and he doesn't have them right now. Yeah. So what is going to happen next is that they're going to keep on trying to find this camouflaging uh, a stand that they're fighting against. They're going to hurt the ship. The stand is going to hurt the ship. And then it eventually is going to start to sink. And then uh, it turns out that he sabotaged the thing that could help them like breach to the top of the water um, because they've just div like dived down to the very bottom um, because they had to go through this like cavern system to arrive in on shore for no reason. Um, but it would allow them to arrive inland instead of at the beach at the port. Yeah, I guess. Um, anyways, yeah. so so, they are going to fight against this thing. It's going to camouflage itself as like one time as like a gauge on the wall. And then it turns out it wasn't as a gauge on a wall. It had actually moved over and turned into something else. And then there's going to be another part where like he goes to escape from the hatch that they're in. And uh, when he starts to turn the hatch, the hatch turns into this stand. And I'm like, wait, 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 what? Like this stand can't, there's no way it's moving that fast. Number one, number two, it's, it really looks like the stand is just on top of the objects instead of actually being the objects. Yeah, for... I get the impression that the stand can turn into an object or can, like, merge with an object. I think it can yeah. do both. Okay, it must be that because there's also a part where, like, Jojo is going to catch, like, Jotaro is going to catch it. Um, and then it's going to turn into a razor blade and cut up his hands, which is so stupid. I can't even handle it. Um, it is at once a clever solution and a dumb solution which yeah. is actually not that rare in jojo's bizarre adventures <laughs> yeah so they're going to um they're going to have to surface very slowly and they're going to try to make it to the yeah, they, top they're uh, scuba diving out of the submarine because it's fucked yeah now. yeah so Oh, I I thought that they tried to like they were gonna try to merge uh, get the submarine to actually go up before they abandon ship. Um, uh, but anyways, I don't think so. But ba short, long story short, the submarine is not able to move anymore. Basically, it's been too sabotaged, mm -hmm. so they got to yeah. scuba dive. And here's the thing: if you don't know about scuba diving, when you go deep into the ocean, 
there's it's a pressure change it's like riding on a plane and your ears pop and stuff like that or when you go to i live at a really high altitude and the air is thinner up here that has an effect on the human body but when you're in the water there's the combination of the pressure change but the water itself putting pressure on your body it can actually be dangerous for a human if you change um change your depth too quickly so you might have heard of people getting something called the bends. Um, you can also die if you surface too quickly from a very low, like if you're scuba diving. It's mm-hmm. different in your if you're in a submersible. I think you still have to take that into account. But because the water pressure is around your environment rather than pressing on your body itself, I think there's a difference. But basically, the the water pressure changes the pressure of your environment which changes the pressure of like your blood and your organs Mm. and so if you switch uh, depths too quickly the pressure inside your body hasn't had time to adjust Mm. and it can lead to devastating pain or death and so they have to surface very slowly because of this and that is a real life thing not just an anime thing yeah one of the things that it's really going to affect you if you've ever if you ever go scuba diving um the biggest thing it's going to affect is like your inner ear pressure is very important. It's one of the reasons why you get, a, if you get a very bad ear infection, uh, you lose equilibrium. And sometimes when you get the bends, you can't tell which way is up anymore. Um, and it's because you've lost like your fl- your frame of reference for which like your balance rests. Like you can't um, tell where gravity is pulling. And so you can't yeah. go the opposite. <laughs> Yeah, so sometimes you'll see like swimmers that are running into this where they'll start swimming around in circles um, where they can't figure out which way is up anymore and they're pretty far down. Um, so like the, the other thing that it can cause, which is really dangerous, is it can cause inter- internal hemorrhaging inside of your brain. Um, so uh, it's a real yeah, you thing. You generally um, don't want your brain to start bleeding. Yeah, and it's also great... like there's a there's a great song by Radiohead about it. So uh, anyways, um, uh so you can the learn next... all you need to know about scuba diving from Radiohead. <laughs> yeah. So this stand is then going to turn into a giant face on the bottom of the ocean for no fucking reason as well. Um, and start to just like try to pull them in. Um, Jojo, or Jotaro is going to use his uh, star platinum to break its teeth and that knocks it out. I guess this is a real um, long story short. This is like an entire episode's worth of content, but that's, I know it's just, I'm just like, I've, I checked out of these episodes pretty quickly when like I finished watching them and I was just like, all right, I don't need to save any of that information in my brain. Yeah. Well, um, you know, so- that's honestly, that's been so true of part three, like Stardust Crusaders, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is they take the next step on their journey. They encounter a stand and each episode or two-part episode, as, as has been the case for a while now, is the stand appears, it's mysterious, some weird shit happens, and our heroes are completely naive about it. Then they realize that it's a stand and they confront it, but they are unable to defeat it. Then the stand seems to overcome them and probably kill one of them. Then it turns out that it did not do that thing and they are able to beat it through usually narrative convenience. And basically them not actually being able to play by the rules because that's they're the heroes and so they win. And then they take the next step of their journey and the cycle starts all over again. And this is no exception. So, yeah. you know, there's a ton of details in each episode. And if you're like super into it, there's a lot of extra little tiny bits that flesh out every single encounter. But ultimately each encounter is the same. And, uh, so it's pretty easy to gloss over it. Yeah. Um, it turns out at the end that they defeated the stand, no surprise. Um, and they are going to arrive in Egypt. Um, this is going to be where they are, uh, hopefully and mercifully going to fight Dio. Um, and yeah, it's going to take like 20 episodes or something. I know, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) There is a nice beat at the end of this. This is episode 52. If you're looking for it, it is not labeled the same on Hulu, unfortunately. So I don't know exactly where it is there, but it's called the high priestess part two. If you want to check it out, it is not at the very end of the episode. There's actually a ton of completely irrelevant downtime at the end of the episode where they do some more stuff where they call their relatives and there's some stuff about the Speedwagon Foundation that's really just a tension raiser but doesn't seem to actually be plot relevant. 
But uh, at some point, maybe two-thirds of the way through the episode, there is a brief montage where we relive the different places that they've gone and a majority of the stands that they've faced. It is not all of the stands that they've faced, because sometimes they face more than one stand per location, and this montage is only going to talk about the major locations and stands from those locations. But uh, it is kind of a brief retrospective of the series it will not if you haven't watched the series up to this point and you haven't done something like check the wikipedia article or listen to our podcast you will not actually have an idea of what happened in any of these locations but if you have been watching or following their journey in some other way this will be a a quick catch back up memory you know stroll down memory lane and i i enjoyed it for that yeah um, uh, you can sort of imagine while this is happening as well, like, you know, um, some musical, like, uh, some music song, like, uh, as we grow older playing in the background and there are a whole bunch of people that are walking across the stage getting their, uh, their diplomas. Um, you know, all of the people that we lost this year, you know, do like an Oscar <laughs> na, montage for it. Na, na, na. This is appropriate because th- <laughs> this episode is going to come out on the Sunday of the Oscars. So yep. we're basically doing the same thing. Yeah, we're doing an Oscars episode, except for it's about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is the Oscars. It's like about as far as you can get from a good movie. <laughs> yeah, hosted this year by Joe Taro. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, they're going to be in Egypt now. Uh, we're going to uh, hopefully start the downward climb from Jojo's mountain. Um, and, uh, next week we're going to be jumping back in with some fucking Hunter X Hunter, which I am super fucking pumped about. Um, yes. but if you want to hear all about that, stick with us after the credits. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level six sound wizard. Level up. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every Sunday. On iTunes. Google Play. Stitcher. Buzzsprout. Or wherever you get your podcasts from. And hey, thanks for listening. Next week in Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Hunter x Hunter episodes 72 through 75 with the explosive finale of Greed Island. I hope you didn't want to learn how to become a typist because you're about to lose your hands. Uh? <laughs> uh? <laughs> <That's> so bad. <laughs>